Hi, this is Jay Bear of Convince and Convert Consulting, and welcome to the new Content Experience Show. Content Experience is the new content marketing. It's not only about reaching audiences where they are, but engaging them with personalized, useful content that matters. On the Content Experience Show, we share strategies, tips, and real-world examples of how leaders are taking their content marketing to the next level. Now, here's your hosts, Randy Frisch from Uberflip and Anna Harak from Convince and Convert Consulting. Hey, everyone. Welcome to the Content Experience Show podcast. I'm Anna Harak from Convince and Convert. Those of you who tune in regularly know that ordinarily the always amazing Randy Frisch from Uberflip would be joining me on this show, but he is unfortunately out today. So that means it's just you and me and our fabulous guest, Jason Chicola from Rev.com. Rev.com specializes in three main services. They are audio and video transcription, English captioning and subtitles, and foreign translation subtitles. In today's episode, we're going to cover pretty much how you can use all three of them and when to use them too. But Jason also brings up some really, really compelling reasons on why we need to place more emphasis on video and audio transcription and captioning services. Um, And we dig a bit into user behavior. We talk about some trends that make these audio and video components really critical. So tune in, listen, and this one is awesome because I think we all know how, especially for usability purposes, translating and transcribing and captioning is critical, but there's even more to it with the way that social media algorithms are changing and just even how they display video and even just how mobile is now our go-to choice for viewing video, but it's on such a small screen that you know seeing the words along with the video, it's just absolutely critical for user experience now. So without further ado, let's go ahead and bring Jason in and hear what he had to say. Hey, Jason, thank you so much for being here today. It's really great to talk to you. Thanks a lot, Ian. It's a pleasure to be on the show. Yeah, it's so great. I know you've sponsored this podcast so many times. I'm so excited to have you on and chat about all things video, transcription and captioning um, and translation. I'm really excited to talk translation. So don't let me forget about that topic. But before we dive into all of this um, video amazing goodness, um, can you just give everybody a little bit about Jason? Uh, Sure. I'm the founder of Rev.com. Quick backstory. I was a co-founder of Upwork, which is now uh, the largest marketplace for remote labor. Um, I started Rev with a similar vision to create work from home jobs, but with a key difference. Uh, Rev is a highly managed marketplace where we guarantee quality. And for each service that we do, uh, we stand behind our work and we offer three main services, audio transcription, closed captioning, and uh, foreign subtitles. I love it. First off, I have to just admit, I'm a huge Rev.com fan. I'm not even saying that because you're on. I just love it. I think it's great. I love what you offer. But also too, I think that what you guys offer is so overlooked when it comes to video content creation. It is an afterthought in some ways, or at least it, it can be. You know, Everybody's so focused on creating this amazing piece of video and then they launch it. And then they don't do sort of like the basics and really adhere to kind of how people watch. And I don't know if that's sort of what inspired it, but what inspired you to start Rev? My story is not maybe the the typical one. The classic entrepreneur story is like two guys in Paris couldn't get a taxi, so they started Uber. You know, it wasn't that I needed a transcript and started Rev. It was given my background as a co-founder of Upwork, I knew the power of remote work. Uh, I think you told me you're working right now from a home office. Yeah. When I look at the world, I see 
billions of people that would rather work from home than to have to deal with the traffic and congestion. And so I view it as like my professional life mission to help millions of people uh, live better lives where they can be their own boss, work when, where, where and how they want. So I started with this idea of a remote work's a good thing because it gives people control over the lives that's appealing. And then I did like what you might call like an MBA type analysis of what's an industry, what's a kind of job where I can build a good business. And you know, I looked at the kind, kind of kinds of work that were being done remotely and I saw a big opportunity around language services. It's you know overlooked from the customer side from the vendor side, it's a bunch of mom and pops. It's been, in some ways, I don't want to say easy, but we compete with companies that don't use technology. Uh, we have 110 employees of which 60 are software engineers. Every single thing we do is focused on uh, making the process of transcribing, captioning, or subtitling more efficient for the people doing the work, more efficient for the people getting the work. So um, we brought technology to a boring, sleepy industry. You know, it, it, it's paying off in that the customers really like it. Nice. Well, as a as a remote worker, I thoroughly appreciate your dedication to um, seeing how great it is to work from home. But also as a marketer, I appreciate the fact that you offer this service. So let's talk about first and foremost, sort of the one that you mentioned first, which is um, transcribing. I think this is probably something that everybody is obviously familiar with, but I feel like I still see a ton of videos out there, a ton of podcasts that don't have transcriptions. So, you know, and this is something that is so critical and I don't think people really understand the benefits of transcribing, or at least they don't realize how much of an impact it has. Are you still kind of finding that? Yeah, I think I think awareness is mixed. I think we have a lot of work to do to get the word out. I mean, there's definitely growing awareness. There's a lot of benefits for a marketer or media person to have transcripts. Let me start with um, discoverability. You're producing content. It's you know, if a tree falls in the wood and nobody nobody hears it, right? <laughs> How good is that? If you produce content and nobody watches it, not so great. Right. Um, if you're producing a podcast, the search function in the Apple Podcast app, which is the primary way people consume podcasts, stinks. You can't find much of anything there. So transcripts, for example, allow you to post show notes online or, or on a blog that will help you get discovered. Many podcasts have all kinds of rich terminology. The nature of search is very long tail. And if you have transcripts, you're going to get a bigger audience and that, that's a good idea. That's just one piece of it, though. If you want to produce you know, really good content, there's other benefits. So a lot of our audience, let's, let's say the podcasters, they want to refer back to past shows as they're planning future shows. They may be interviewing somebody for the second or third time, and they want to go and scan and see what they, what they asked the person about. So having transcripts of your past shows can be super helpful. There's also, you know, a lot of, of your audience may want to read rather than listen. Um, if you think about it from the point of view of a marketer, there's a lot of channels, right? You might be creating content, a story, an interview, and um, your listeners on any given day may be in the podcast app, but they could be on Twitter, on YouTube, on Instagram, you name it. And so as you think about, you know, when you're producing some piece of work, how can you repurpose the content across multiple channels? Part of that could be having a blog where you post a link to the podcast as well as the the show notes or transcript, Um, but you might also want to take a longer podcast, chop it into pieces, put certain key pieces on YouTube with a title that makes sense for that segment, you know, a little piece on Instagram that's maybe a teaser or something on Twitter. To get that content across multiple channels, you want to know what's in it. 
um, and the transcript helps you do that. Yeah, I I could not agree with you more. And also, as you were talking about these things, just thinking about myself and all of these different situations and check the box on each one. Cannot agree with you more on on iTunes and Apple's podcast search function. Um, I've actually been searching for something on our own podcast here where I was like, oh, I know we talked about this, but which episode was it? Or, you know, where did this little amazing nugget of information come from? Could not for the life of me find it in iTunes, but then literally went to Google and typed it in with Content Expanded Show and it popped right up because we had that transcription. The other thing too, is even in addition to SEO that you mentioned is, is the reuse. I don't think this is my favorite part because I'm a massive fan of remixing and reusing content. But like you said, like pulling quotes, like finding that beautiful, amazing quote to then go promote something on social makes it so easy. It is life-changing how much work it cuts out having to go back through a podcast and find teasers for social or quotes, or even like you said, like just trying to find a piece of information on where it is. If you think about um, how podcasts get out there, I listen, I listen occasionally to Joe Rogan. Joe Rogan, you know, very popular. He's got very long episodes, three-hour episodes. He gets a lot of views, but he also gets an enormous number of views on YouTube. And on YouTube, he's not posting the whole thing. He or other people are posting 20-minute segments um, about a topic. And the title of the topic attracts a lot of attention. Well, if you think, how are you going to slice and dice your podcast? You want to know what was said. You want to use the transcript first to find the video. One of the things that we do for our clients, we deliver a transcript in the software that we call our editor, where you can see the transcript and uh, the video or audio connected. So that if you want to, if you want to take a paragraph of text and know where is that in the, in the file, it might be, oh, that's a minute 32 to two minutes 47, right? So being able to connect the audio or video with the text is very powerful. Any editor wants to do that. And we make it easy. Nice. Um, and, you know, and I had mentioned kind of at the beginning too that sometimes transcriptions are a little bit of an afterthought. I think it's because it does come at the tail end of things. But sometimes I feel like a lot of clients I talk to or a lot of just companies I talk to don't necessarily have this even sort of built into their plan. They're still kind of thinking about it as, well, when it gets posted. But I think, you know, you even just demonstrated thinking about it and making it part of the planning process and then thinking about how we can reuse all these different pieces is critical and just bumping this up to the front of, we know that we're going to produce this, we know we need to translate it, and here's what we can do with that. Like it's just such a critical component of the entire creation process, but it seems like people still think of it as like the last piece. So yeah, there's, I think a couple elements here. Um, you're right that um, if you think about media production across the channels, then, then certainly a transcript is going to help you produce better content repurposing across the channels. Uh, one other barrier that some, some of our clients have told us about uh, is price. We serve thousands of podcasts, everything from This American Life to lots of guys that are doing it from their garage. And um, the little guy often is budget constrained. To help serve that audience, we introduced a new service last year called Temi, T-E-M-I.com, where we sell an automated transcript done by software, not a person. We have AI that we believe is best in class. And the beauty of podcasting is that podcasts tend to be the best audio out there. Podcasters are obsessed with the Yeti mic, the soundproof closet, phone booth. And so AI is garbage in, garbage out. If you, if you take this conversation and you put mm -hmm. it through our speech engine, it won't be perfect, but I bet you, you get 95% accuracy. Right. 
we provide a tool to clean it up. So we recommend Rev dollar a minute, near perfect. If you can't afford it, Tammy, 10 cents a minute, pretty good. Not bad, not bad options. So Jason, real quick, I want to get into even more of this. I especially want to talk about um, captions and, of course, translation, because I think translation is really that that missed component and opportunity to reach new audiences. But before we do, we are going to take a super, super quick break. So everybody stick with us. We have Jason from Rev.com, and we are going to be right back after these messages. Hi, friends. This is Jay Bear from Convince and Convert, reminding you that this show, the Connect Show podcast, is brought to you by Uberflip, the number one content experience platform. Do you ever wonder how content experience affects your marketing results? Well, you can find out in the first ever content experience report, where Uberflip uncovers eight data science-backed insights to boost your content engagement and your conversions. It's a killer report, and you do not want to miss it. Get your free copy right now at uberflip.com slash connex show report. That's uberflip.com slash connex show report. And the show is also brought to you by our team at Convince and Convert Consulting. If you've got a terrific content marketing program, but you want to take it to the very next level, we can help. Convince and Convert works with the world's most iconic brands to increase the effectiveness of their content marketing, social media marketing, digital marketing, and word of mouth marketing. Find us at convinceandconvert.com. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to the Content Experience Show podcast. We are here with Jason from Rev.com, and we just got done talking about all of the amazing things we can do with transcribing podcasts and videos other than just putting words on a page. There are so many opportunities. Um, But Jason, I also want to talk to you about captioning. So I think everybody out there understands the importance of captioning from a usability perspective. So obviously, there's a huge benefit for when um, we have audiences who are, are hearing impaired, or even those who, you know, maybe don't even have access to headphones at that point in time, right? But obviously, the usability perspective is huge. But there's a lot of other benefits to captioning that you and I were chatting about on the break. I'd love for you to dive into those because it is really fascinating. Sure. There's a lot of benefits of captioning. Some are obvious and some, some aren't obvious. The obvious one is that some listeners uh, are hearing impaired and captions are essential in making the video accessible uh, to them. And so um, that's going to expand your audience and give you benefits on, on platforms like YouTube. Captions will also help you get discovered on anywhere we have those captions like YouTube. So captions will help your discoverability. Some of the things that are a little bit less obvious, captions are very popular with people for whom English is a second language. Many of our customers uh, produce, let's say, educational content, and they have a lot of customers that are, let's say, either in China or Chinese immigrants to the U.S. They speak English okay. When people learn a new language, uh, they typically are better at reading it than hearing it, depending on the speaker. So for ESL, English Second Language Audiences, captions are very often the default. Most of my, a lot of them from Miami, a lot of my friends' parents we're immigrants and they're all watching movies and HBO shows with the captions on. So that's a segment you might overlook. Another one, depending on the content and how it's produced is, is parents. You know, my wife's always saying, turn the volume down, baby's asleep, and turn the captions on. So those two audiences are bigger than people think. In fact, those two audiences are actually far larger than the hearing impaired audience. So captions are much more than hearing impaired, although that's a really important part of it. There's been a bunch of changes to social platforms in the last two or three years that are making captions even more important. Facebook, Google, Twitter, 
They're fighting for your attention. They want to get you hooked. They know you're going to go to that next app. So what they're doing when you're scrolling through your feeds is they're often, if you pause on it, they'll, they'll pre-roll a video without you clicking on it. But they pre-roll that video typically with the sound off because if the sound's on, you're going to get annoyed, right? Because people are like literally sitting on a toilet scrolling through their feed. And so they're playing video with the sound off. Well, that experience is, is more or less useless unless there's a caption on the video. And uh, they've done all kinds of studies that caption on the video makes those videos far more engaging. Facebook has been doing this for quite some time. I, I think I read literally that like last week, Google is starting to do the same thing. Uh, and YouTube, they're going to be pre-rolling more videos with, this, with the sound off. As screens get smaller, captions become more important. Mm-hmm. As screens get smaller, the audio becomes crappier relative to your theater in your home. So the smaller the screen, the more important the captions are. So those are other reasons uh, why captions matter. That's, you know what, it's so interesting. I completely overlooked, I'll be honest, I completely overlooked those who are viewing something in not their native language. Like they speak that language, but it's a a different language than their native language. Didn't even think about that, Um, especially... Uh, the way that, you know, native speakers talk, it's often a lot faster. It's a little bit more slang-like as well. So that I definitely could see is a huge benefit. And then also the other thing as we're talking, it makes me realize that all of this amazing portable technology that we have gave me a great visual of just all of these people in the bathroom flipping through their phones. So that's always a fun way to visualize our users. Um, But it's true. I mean, like you can literally bring video with you everywhere now. And I can't even remember the statistic that I last saw, but I think it was something ridiculous. Like, I mean, like 75% of searches start on a phone. I mean, it's literally like any statistic you see about searches, about video, about anything, it starts from our phones. It starts from these devices that we carry with us everywhere. In video, I think in the notion, the video used to be, in the past, the notion used to be that video was primarily a desktop feature, but it's not. I mean, it's more and more, people are viewing more and more content on their phones and more and more video. Like just, it's where people start. That's right. I think intellectually people kind of know this, but they haven't fully internalized it and changed the process accordingly. We spent all most of our time developing technology. An inspiring example is, I think it was five or eight years ago, uh, Zuckerberg at Facebook told all employees, whenever you come and present, you have to first tell me how it's going to look on the phone. Because mobile was the afterthought, and so they had to literally say, "I'm not going to let you. I'm not going to let you show me the desktop." Even at the time, it was mostly desktop, but they understood where it's going. Everything is mobile. Everything is mobile first. And if you're not thinking first about the mobile experience, your competitor is going to, do, going, to, going to be doing it. So what's crazy is not to go off on a tangent, but the, the reason I, I heard this, I don't know if it's true or not, but I heard that one of the reasons why Beyonce's single ladies video was so crazy popular is because they actually filmed it and produced it based on the fact that they knew people were going to be viewing it on their phones. And so that's why it's very simple. It just follows the three of them around. And that's why part of the reason why it exploded so much is because people could view it on a small screen. It was easy to watch and it was still engaging. So it's just kind of crazy to think that when we think about video first, like, you know, Mark Zuckerberg, and we think about mobile first, just how much different that experience is. I mean, look, it's great that the, whenever there's a change in the medium from radio to TV, TV to internet, internet to whether podcast or YouTube, skills have to change. And, and I think the world's always catching up. And right now there's such a rapid shift with, with social platforms that it, it's a little tricky to stay on top of it, which I guess is why people need podcasts like yours to stay current. 
Oh, thanks. Okay. So last thing. So captions, absolutely. Um, the last thing, which I don't think people talk about enough is, is, um, transcribing. So we did talk about, um, a little bit actually within captions and how to transcribe it for those who are, you know, um, viewing a video, not within their, their native language, but let's talk about when people should actually transcribe for different audiences. Cause I think this is kind of a gray area. You know, this is one of those things where, um, we could transcribe to reach new audiences, but what is sort of your recommendation on transcribing? I think you mean translating. Oh, I'm sorry. Yes. Yeah, sorry. Translating. No Thank you. Oh my gosh. No worries. Um, translating is not the first thing you do. First thing to do is to caption it in English. If you're producing content in English, your audience is probably mostly going to be in English. The question simply is, do you think your content will appear will, will appeal to a global audience? It first comes down to know, understanding your audience and then trying to figure out uh, what other audiences you think it would appeal to that are large. So depending on the kind of content you produce, you know, Spanish and Mandarin tend to be high on the list of languages to translate to in the media space, whereas you know, Romanian and Swahili, you know, not so much. What we see is we call this service uh, foreign subtitling, where you want to get the words in the bottom of the video in a foreign language. Very popular for uh, media clients through international distribution. We're also seeing it popular uh, for people that are producing content, like say training videos. In the media space, it really comes down to people that have larger audiences and they start to see some activity overseas. People that produce educational content, uh, we're also seeing a lot of them taking it into foreign languages. Typically, though, it comes as a result of them seeing some early traction. So look at your Google Analytics, whatever tools you have to understand your audience. I think a lot of this really comes down, like I said, to knowing your audience. The more you know about your user base, the better you'll be able to plan and target, target them in the right places. It's well, it's well known. People much, much, much prefer to hear content in their native language. I consider myself like the ugly American, like... I should, the whole world should, should speak English because I do, right? Why doesn't everyone else speak English? You know, the best movies are produced in Hollywood, therefore they must, you know, speak English. The reality is a lot of the developed world can watch movies in English. They still prefer to listen to things and do business in their native language. And, and that's the reality that I think shows no signs of changing. Um, so it comes down to know your audience, study the data if you can get it, use Google Analytics. And if you see you have a lot of audience in Latin America, subtitle in Spanish. If you see you have audience... In, in China, Asia, try Mandarin. Nice. All right. So transcribe always, translate when necessary, when your audiences kind of dictate the translation is, is going to be right for you. Bingo. Perfect. Well, Jason, we've kind of covered a lot of topics here. Any sort of last gems you'd like to drop for our audience? Any sort of, you know, even how to get started with transcription or how to even start thinking this way? Any, any last pieces of parting advice you'd like to give? Mobile apps. So a productivity tip. If I know that I have to do a presentation or send, draft a memo, my favorite way to do it is to use one of our mobile apps so that I can record in the car, get all my thoughts down, get a transcript when I'm in the office and start editing. A lot of good things come out of that, but it's I'm, I'm making productive time out of the, the car ride. I'm getting, you know, jump start on my day. I, I walk in and instead of looking at email, I'm already in the middle of my work. Um, we have two apps that can help with this. We have the Rev uh, app, the Rev Voice Recorder. We also have an app for Temi, our automated service. We're in the process of combining them, so eventually it'll all be built on Rev. Today, Rev is for human transcription, Temi for machine. But you can, do, you can use voice memos to get a memo, but I would encourage people to use audio instead of typing. That's I think, is a good path to productivity. 
Nice. I love it. And that's, that's actually a really great tip. I think having a stream of consciousness come out can sometimes be, you get more out that way than having to sit down and articulate with just writing. Oh yeah. The other side of that is as a marketer, writer's block. Yep. Um, when people sit in front of an empty Google doc or, or word processor, there's this like, uh, what was the movie throw bomb from the train? You could spend, you, you know, you, Oh my God. Yeah. Right, like you could spend days working on that first sentence. Right. But, but talking is different. You just go, you get the ideas out there. And it actually turns out that, I mean, um, one of, one of our colleagues is going through a book writing clinic right now. And the advice is just go type a lot. Don't look back, don't edit, get it out there and then go back and look. And, and I think that just the spoken form that is recording yourself speaking, you're going to get more ideas out in 10 minutes than you would at a keyboard. Nice. Love it. Awesome. All right, Jason. So where can everybody go if they need uh, transcription, captioning, and translation services? Uh, go to rev.com, rev.com. If you want to get a hold of me, I'm happy to uh, hear from any of your, your listeners. Um, Jason at, at rev.com is my email or Twitter at Jason Chicola. Nice. All right, Jason, thank you so much again for being with us. Now that we've gotten to know the professional side of you and we've talked a lot about some of the professional side, we're going to take a few minutes to do the personal side. So we have some lightning round questions coming right up after this quick break. All right, Jason. So let's get into a little bit of lightning round. So we've talked a lot about video during this session, a lot about video, a lot about some of, we've actually, you touched on some movies. You had Throw Mama from the Train. That's a gold gem that nobody talks about anymore. What was that? Danny DeVito and Billy Crystal, right? I think so, yeah. Yeah. All right. So I have some lightning round questions based on movies and TV. So are you ready for these? It's going to be like this or that, and you just don't even think about it. Just respond. Ready to go. Okay. So, which do you prefer, movies or TV? TV. Ooh, okay. Favorite TV show type, reality or scripted? Scripted. Ooh. Game of Thrones or Walking Dead? Game of Thrones. Ooh, good choice. I like that one too. Okay, let's switch to movies. So, genre, action or drama? Action. Okay. Horror movies or comedy? Comedy. All right, actor, would you prefer Dwayne The Rock Johnson or Chris Pratt? I'll go with Dwayne The Rock Johnson, especially because I'm hearing a lot, a lot of rumors that he's going to be our next president. <laughs> um, we'll see about that. All right, actress, Scarlett Johansson or Jennifer Lawrence? Uh, I'll go with Scarlett. Okay. How about movie studio, Disney, Pixar, or DreamWorks? Big fan of Pixar. The kid can't, can't stop watching the movies. It's so good. It's so good. Preferred publishing platforms for video, YouTube or IGTV? Uh, YouTube by far. I'll obsess with YouTube. My number one tip, YouTube premium, whatever the, whatever you call the red, the one where you pay a little money for uh-huh. it. It's a must. You got to do it. It is pretty awesome. Favorite TV show of all time? Sopranos. Oh, nice. Uh, favorite movie of all time? Lord of the Rings. Nice. No, uh, oh, wait, that's like, that's like, there's like six. Yeah, but no, the Hobbit doesn't count. So it's, it's either Lord of the Rings or Godfather 1, one and 2. So okay. 
Those are close. All right. Well, I'll allow two of them to be combined because I know, obviously, you can't really separate those two out. Um, fantastic. Well, Jason, thank you so much. That was it for the lightning round. Thank you so much again for joining us. Everybody out there, um, thank you for joining us as well. Um, this has been another episode of the Content Experience Show podcast. Uh, you can find us wherever you listen to podcasts. Please do us a favor. Uh, when you find us, please leave us a comment. We'd love to hear your feedback. Um, until next time, this is Anna Harak from Convince and Convert. And next time, Randy Frisch from Uberflip will be joining us as well. So thanks so much, everybody. This is Jay Bear, and thanks for listening to the Content Experience Show. Please leave a review and subscribe on iTunes or on your favorite podcast listening app. Go to contentexperienceshow.com for a complete show archive and greatest hits. That's contentexperienceshow.com. The Content Experience Show is sponsored by Convince and Convert Consulting and by Uberflip. It's produced by my team and I at Convince and Convert. If you're interested in being a guest or a sponsor on the show, just go to convinceandconvert.com.